How many times have you thought that in order to achieve financial stability, you need to have millions in the bank? The reality is that this isn't the case. Today, women have many options to make financial decisions with confidence that lead to financial stability. But how do you even achieve this? That's what you're going to learn about in today's episode. You are listening to Her Dinero Matters, the podcast helping Latinas have increased confidence and control over their finances. My name is Jen Hempel, and as an accredited financial counselor, my mission is to help you be more confident and simplify your finances so you can save more, get out of debt quicker, and build your wealth. Creating financial stability as a woman starts with embracing financial education and understanding the ins and outs of personal finance to make informed decisions. For example, establishing a budget is a crucial step. Spending mindfully is also important, as well as creating sustainable savings habits. Today, we are thrilled to have Alexandra Roca, a certified financial planner and a workplace financial consultant at Fidelity Investments, who talks to us about terms that sometimes scare us, like, for instance, the 401k. Understanding this in a simple way will help us gain clarity and be closer to that financial stability we so desire. So let's start this conversation right now. Bienvenida, Alexandra. I'm thrilled to have you here today with us and to get to know you personally, because we're going to put you on the spot, as well as a little bit about the work that you do with Fidelity. So welcome. Muchísimas gracias por tenerme en tu programa. Thank you so much for having me on your program. It is a pleasure to be here today. Igualmente, I'm so excited that you're here. So take me back or just take us back to a point in your life that you really feel has had a powerful impact in terms of how you perceive money, how you manage money. Tell us about that point, that moment in your life. Oh my gosh. I, I'm glad that we're starting here because it really is the catalyst to everything else. When I was younger, I attended Villanova University for my freshman year of college. And at the time, it was probably one of the biggest accomplishments in my life. And then a few weeks before I was supposed to go back for my sophomore year, I was talking to my mom about who was going to come with me, how we were going to set up. And this is when I learned that my grandfather had been the one paying for my college tuition and that with his passing, I wouldn't be returning. And there's no words to describe what that felt like, right? The sadness, the shock of not even knowing that this was a potential thing. It was in that moment that I realized two of the most important things that I will take with me till the day I die. The first thing is that you should always be aware of your situation. Don't be afraid to ask questions when it's in relation to you. And the second thing I learned is if you want it, you're probably going to have to go and get it for yourself. So I would say that that moment in time, not even knowing that that was a possibility and then having it come to fruition taught me that I should know my surroundings, I should know my situation, and I should be as mostly as I can in control of it. <laughs> right. So your grandfather passed and he was the one. So I want to make sure I understood. He was the one paying for your college. You had to stop going to college. What happened later? Did you go back? So I did. The story is sad, but I probably had that conversation with my mother on a Saturday night, right? I We were talking about it. We were talking about what that setup would be like. And she just was like, oh, are you going back? And so 
having to deal with the turmoil of that. I ended up going to in Puerto Rico, which is where I'm from. And they started school that next Monday. Oh, wow. And so I, you know, I put my big curl pants on. I took control of my situation and I went into the admin's office. I signed up and I still graduated a year early from college. So I definitely put myself through school, but it wasn't what I had envisioned for myself. It wasn't graduating from Villanova and... And that had been a really big accomplishment for me. So I, I can still remember being in that campus, walking to the administration's office and actually having to hold myself up, you know, hand against the wall, having to breathe because I was like, how is this my life? Like, how did this happen? How did I not know that this was even a possibility? And so that was talk about a chapter, talk about a lesson in life. That was definitely what that was for me. Right. Because the unexpected happens and we just don't know what that looks like, when it's going to happen, but we always are going to have something unexpected. <laughs> it just Absolutely. depends on how deep it is, how challenging it is, you know? So thank you for sharing that. And the other thing that we do want to know, and cheese me, you intended to become a pastry chef, but you're now in the financial world. We <laughs> want to know about this plot twist. That is so funny. Yes, absolutely. So I wanted to be a baker more than anything in the world, um, especially after I graduated from college. I wasn't really sure what exactly I wanted to do. And so I got a part-time job at a little French bakery in Puerto Rico, La Boulangerie, and I worked as a pastry chef and I just fell in love with it. I also gained about 10 pounds, but that's <laughs> besides the point. I loved it. And so the whole plan was for me to go to the Culinary Institute Institute of America, which is one of the best institutions for cooking and becoming a chef. And uh, so life happened and my family and I had to move to the United States. And so the plan was there was about a six month hiatus between when we moved to the States and when school was going to start. And of course, my plan was to become a famous chef and the Food Network, right? If we were going to make goals, you got to make big goals. Of and course. That was, <laughs> that was I mean, I believe that we do. We do know, definitely need to make big goals. Dream big. Exactly. And so that was the plan. And because we were new to the States, this happened around 2010. Uh, we were new to the States and my dad took us to the bank to establish our American bank accounts. And while we were there, the banker that was opening my account asked, have you ever thought about working for the bank? And in short, I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything I would want less. And so a few weeks went by, funds started dwindling. And I thought, you know what? I've got six months before I go to school. I'm going to put in for this job. And I got the job as a banker. And I learned so much. I mean, I didn't realize how little I knew until I got that job. And the rest is history. I fell in love with banking. I fell in love with money. I fell in love and money specifically on how to handle your finances, how to put yourself in a situation where you can take care of yourself and you can cover yourself. And so once that happened, it's I've never looked back. I absolutely love what I do today. And that eventually led you on the path to working with Fidelity, I presume. You got it. Exactly. So I worked for the bank for about five years. And then an opportunity came up where I could go to Fidelity, I can get my other licenses, like my Series 7, the 63, the 66. And there's a lot of other licenses that I have now. But one thing led to another and just that desire to want to keep growing and want to keep learning. 
particularly because then I can bring it to my customers, right? The more I know, the more I've experienced, the more I can help people with whatever they're experiencing. Now I've been seven, a little over seven years with Fidelity, and I'm probably going to be with Fidelity for the rest of my life. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Now, speaking of Fidelity, one of the things that I really appreciate about you all is the research and your commitment to women. I have seen that in the time that I've been doing this for, you know, eight years, nine years. And there's some research that research that you released back in March. And I quote that stress is the number one word that Latina women use to describe how they feel about money, while hopeful is the most common word for Latino men, which I found interesting, but it didn't surprise me. Likewise. <laughs> but as a Latina yourself, where do you think this stems from? And what do you think we can do to help us Latina women reframe what we're thinking? So the stress to being more like the Latino men that they are more hopeful. Yeah. And, and I think this is such a great question, Jen. And before I even answer it, I just want to say, isn't it amazing that a company like Fidelity finds our community to be so valuable that they're doing doing this kind of research to see how to better support us and our families. It's so good. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. That's why when I saw this, I'm like, I like this. I mean, I knew you were committed to women because I had seen past research years back, but I just love seeing uh, the focus too. just really looking to support our community. Love it. I do too. And my answer may be a little bit longer, but Jen, I have to be transparent. I am in the thick of it when it comes to some of this research that we're doing and with coming up with some of the solutions that we're rolling out. So to answer your question, I think that as women, we tend to worry more. Just naturally, we're warriors. And particularly when you look at our history and our culture, men have predominantly been the ones that control the finances in the household, whereas women are tend to be left in the dark and they only come to have that surprise when there is some kind of financial issue or hardship that comes up, right? They're almost blindsided when it comes up. Today, we see more and more Latin women positioned as the head of the financial household, which is a newer phenomenon. And new experiences can be stressful. I also believe that in general, men tend to be a little more self-confident. I don't know if you've heard this before, but I was, like you said, not surprised to learn that only about 40% of women will apply for a job that they aren't 100% qualified for. So if they don't match every single quality that they're asking for, they won't apply for the job. In comparison, 90% of men will apply under the same circumstances. And I think that speaks to our financial uh, stability and our financial planning as well. Yeah, the confidence and the lot or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's that confidence of I'll figure it out, right? I may not have 100% of what you're asking for, but I'll figure it out. And I think that even though that has been true, the good news is I do see that changing. And I'm not talking about the future. I'm talking about right now. Despite feelings of stress, in that same study, we saw that women are tackling this head on with nearly 90% of Latin women saying that they've recently made money moves or that they plan to within the next six months. That's a big thing because even when they're feeling stressed, they also feel hopeful that their situation will improve. And those are about when, when you look at the numbers, that's about 66% of Latin women shared that they are still hopeful even when they're stressed. 
Now, a couple other things is we also see more Latin women investing in their education. In the year 2017, 30% of millennial Latin women held advanced degrees compared to only 17% in the year 2000. So we're seeing women take on more challenges, get more education. And in those stressful situations, we will overcome, we will learn to know exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And as we, Jen, I include you in this, as we continue to empower women to take charge of their plans, as we lead the charge in educating women about their options so that they can make more informed decisions, feel more comfortable and confident with their ability to take care of their own finances, we're hoping to replace the word stressed with the words empowered, hopeful, and ready. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. I love it. And as I'm hearing you say all that and sharing the some other stats and some of the results of the research that y'all did, I'm saying yes, because I have w- witnessed this and just seen this for myself for the past several years. I've done an event, virtual event, Financially Strong Latina, which has been so well received. And what I've seen is that they're hungry. These Latina women were hungry. And to see an event that's talking about money that's really catered to them was for them was just something else. So I love that you all are doing that work. And I applaud that because I, for myself, like I said, I have witnessed the hunger. I mean, that's how I call it. They're hungry. They're hungry for this. And I know you mentioned they're investing in their education. They're also hungry for this type of education of personal finance. So I love that you share that. Now, at Fidelity, you work, you do, your job is a workplace financial consultant. So you help people that navigate their 401ks and other workplace accounts. What does this look like? So if I want to be able to, we want to be able to visualize what this looks like on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it can look a lot of different ways. In short, I would word it almost exactly the way that you worded it, right? I help our participants navigate their workplace plans, whether it's a Forza 1K, a pension plan, a stock plan, there's all different kinds of plans. And so I'll help them navigate that. Now, sometimes I meet with people in person when I'm on site with a client and other times we meet virtually. However, whatever the client is looking for us to do and support, we're ready to help their employees. Particularly, I try to help my customers with what I call the top three beneficiaries, contributions, and investments. These are some concepts that are new to anybody listening. Your beneficiaries are the people that are going to inherit this account when you're no longer around. So it's really important to make sure that we have the right people listed. Jen, I'm sure you won't be surprised, but (laughs) sometimes when I'm talking to people, I'll say, hey, let's just look at the beneficiaries real quick. And I'll hear a shrill over the phone because they're like, oh my gosh, I got a divorce from that person 10 years ago. What do you mean they're still my beneficiary, right? On the other end, we'll have people say like, oh, I have three kids. I only named one. So making sure that we have those beneficiaries listed the right way is absolutely one of my most important goals on a call. We look at the contributions, right? In other words, how much you are saving to make sure that you're saving the right amount and then your investments. Once that money goes into the account, how are we making it work 
for you. And I know that right now the market doesn't always make us feel warm and fuzzy, but making sure that we invest that money in a way you feel comfortable that lets you sleep at night, but that is still working hard for you. Right. And I love that you support in these three ways. One, the part on beneficiaries. It's easy to change, but it's an easy thing to forget about to do. But it can have such a drastic impact because I have, like like I said, I am not surprised. I have seen families where someone else was listed and the per- the person passed and the ex got that those funds, not the person that they were married to when they pass. So I I have seen that time and time again. And again, it's just something that is easy to do, but is also easy not to do. And I think just like when you revise your budget, or even just once a year, I I don't know how often you would recommend just kind of do a quick look, just a quick assessment. Okay, what has changed this year? If anything, do I need to change the beneficiaries, right? So I think it's important to do. And I also love that you help them with the contributions, because sometimes life changes or we're getting closer to retirement. Maybe we just don't want to be as aggressive or especially if maybe you don't have target date funds, you know, that type of thing. So I love that you do that, provide that support. Now, I'm curious to know with your role, what have you observed amongst our Latino community? I know this is changing, especially with the millennials, where the Latinos are known to have spend the most, but save the least, (laughs) right? Uh, That's what stats have shown in the past. And I think that's changing. What have you observed personally with those that you have worked with in terms of the trend? Are there more? Are they more apt to invest? Are there, is there some resistance to investing in 401ks just because as Latinos, depending on, I think, age, depending on when they came to the United States, they may or may not understand the 401k. I, and, and you worded it perfectly, right? When I think about what are the observations that I've made within our community, especially when it comes to the 401k is fear and mistrust, right? Like those are the two words that pop in my head right away. And I have met with too many Latin people who have been working for the same company for years, and they've never added money to their 401ks. A big part of this is not knowing what the account is, how it works, or even what it's used for. This lack of knowledge does create a natural mistrust. It's normal to feel this way when you don't know what you're working with. Now, I can't tell you how many times I have heard people say, I'm not going to put money in an account that then my company can take, (laughs) which isn't the case, right? A 401k is yours. The money that you put into your 401k is yours to take and your company has no access or rights to take it. But I would say again, that absolutely fear and mistrust, right? The not knowing exactly what they're getting into keeps a lot of people from even starting to save. Personally, I'm a big proponent in knowledge is power. So bringing this information to our community in a way that's easy to understand, maybe even in Spanish so that they can understand it in their own language is a huge step in the right direction. Absolutely. And I was just going to ask, how do you think we can change it? (laughs) And I think you answered that question with knowledge. Perfect. Uh, Really providing that information. Because another thing that I also hear too amongst our community is the resistance of the 401k is like it's lowering their paycheck. Right. It's lowering that money that they could use on a monthly basis. Right. Because it's that shifting of mentality that we need to do because 401ks in our 
countries, respective countries don't necessarily exist or they exist in a different way or they also there's also those barriers, those access, you know, the lack of access for that, you know, for that person and their respective countries. So there's just so many things to, I think, overcome. But I think it's just through knowledge and, and education and really connecting them in a way that they it's relatable for them. So you agreed. So I am curious to know for that person, and you've shared some of this already, but for the person listening right now or has a has a family member that shares some of these fears that we talked about, what would you tell that person? Well, so I it's interesting how you worded that question because normally when I'm talking to people in our community, particularly when I'm talking to somebody younger who's trying to talk to their parents, a common thread is, you know, people often assume that it's going to be really hard or really expensive to put a financial plan together. And that's not the case. At Fidelity, we have all the resources to get you from start to finishing, excuse me, from start to finish. So from helping you create a budget to figuring out how much you should be saving for retirement and everything in between, we have free resources to help you accomplish those things. I would say, whether you're trying to figure it out for yourself or been there, done that, you're trying to help your family, your parents, your grandparents figure out things for themselves. There are so many different resources online. And again, at Fidelity that are free of charge, oftentimes in Spanish. So videos, articles, those kinds of things where they're going to be able to gain that little bit of knowledge that they're going to need. That's going to give them that little bit of confidence to take those first steps. Right. No, I agree. And even though I know we have so many, a wealth of knowledge at our fingertips, we just have to, and I know you all have it and you just express that. And I would definitely recommend those listening to just check those resources out. We just need to take the time to really dive into those resources. And sometimes we don't do that because life is hectic. And then when, you know, we don't have time, but we have to prioritize that time. Now, I'm a huge fan of doing what you can with what you have, because I know when it comes to investing, when it comes to savings, uh, people are like, well, well, I don't have enough money, right? I'm not making enough to save. Uh, And one of the things that I know you like is the concept of the power of of 1%. So talk to us when it comes to the 401k, what does this mean? The power of, of 1% and how can it be beneficial for us? I am so glad that you brought this up because the power of 1% is a real thing. When I'm out on the road, when I'm meeting with customers, I often hear that people want to save more, but they just don't even know where to start. Now, the first thing that we need to be thinking about is that if you're contributing into a workplace account, meaning you're saving part of your paycheck into your 401k, you want to try to start by adding as much as your company matches. Now, what does that mean? Some companies have what's called a company match. And all this means is that if you put money into your 401k, your company is also going to be putting money into your 401k up to a certain amount. What you want to make sure is that you're looking up what your company matches and then try to start at that percentage. If your company matches at 4%, Make sure that you're doing at least that 4% because that is free money that your Mm -hmm. company is giving you towards your retirement goals. 
Now, with that said, wherever you are with your savings, even if you're just saving 1%, even if you're not doing anything right now, if you're trying to save a little bit more, just increase your savings percentage by 1%. This small amount will compound over time and amount to a lot more than just that 1%. And I want to bring this to life because sometimes when we talk in percentages, it's hard to consider conceptualize what that really equates to, like what is 1%. So 1% of $1,000 is just $10. Most people who add just 1% more to their contributions don't even realize when it finally goes through. In fact, if your company has what's called an annual contribution increase, you may want to set this up. Basically, you tell your company every year on this date, I want you to increase my contributions by 1%. This is honestly your best friend when it comes to saving more for retirement. So many people set this up, forget about it, and don't ever notice the increase. They just end up saving so much more because of the 1% they were adding to their savings a year. And I know some people are still going to be hesitant or have some reservations. And my financial counseling <laughs> background will come in and say, if there's some sort of fear that maybe you you're not going to have the money to do it for that one, because maybe you're just feeling you're living paycheck to paycheck. I encourage you to really take a look at your expenses because that's what that really tells me is that you need some more clarity as to what's going on with your finances. Because if you have clarity as to what's coming in, what is going out, then you're going to know, yes, for sure, you're going to have that extra 1% or you or that you don't, you know, you're going to know either way. And that's just that's just going to give you that confidence. So with that clarity comes confidence and you're going to be able to invest more confidently as well. Now, I'm curious to know, Alexander, just to wrap it up, because this has been fantastic. Because one of the things we didn't, I know we could continue the conversation is compound interest. And that's something I encourage you to understand. I presume maybe you have a some sort of resource on understanding compound interest that maybe you can provide us and I can also link it up in the show notes. Oh, that is an excellent question. I am going to wait for Kate to send me a little blurb as to whether or not we do have that as a resource, right? So the idea of compounding means that the more money you have in an account, the more it has the ability to grow, right? And so we have this fantastic slide. Hopefully, we're able to present it or, or provide it to you so that you can put it in with your resources. But the slide basically shows somebody starting at zero. And it shows you if they save the same amount every year for, you know, the first however many years, and they invest the exact same way, it's going to take that person maybe 21 years to go from zero to 250,000. Let me ask you, Jen, how long for that same person without changing anything else, would you think it takes them to double that $250,000? I mean, I don't have the exact, you're putting me on the spot to do all that math. <laughs> what I can say is that compound interest is your friend. And yeah. if you start earlier, the more it's going to work with you. Because it Absolutely. just compounds and compounds and compounds <laughs> and Absolutely. multiplies. And so in this example that we're going to try to send to you so that you have, because it's a beautiful graph. 
that same person that took 21 years to save 250,000, it would only take them six years to double it, right? And so we've all heard the line, it takes money to make money. All you want to do is start saving your money. So that money has the opportunity to continue growing. And the bigger it grows, the bigger it grows. It's just, it's one of those things where you definitely want to start as soon as possible. But I don't want you to hear this and get discouraged if you're 55. If you're 62 and you've never saved a dime in your account and you're thinking, well, then I'm never going to be able to do this. It is never too late to start saving. It is never too late to start planning. And we can absolutely help you. And if you keep listening to Jen, she's going to keep giving you some great information to be able to build that financial plan as well. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because we do have listeners that are just that in that age demographic that are just starting and I always encourage them and I say the same thing it's never too late to start you need to just start now any other parting words or or final thoughts that you would like to share with us because this has really been fantastic I first of all thank you again for allowing us to come into your platform and to share a little bit of what Fidelity is trying to do for our community because it's important to us as a company it's important to us as a community and so to be able to have a platform like yours where we can share that message we're very grateful for it and in addition to that Remember that whether you're a current Fidelity customer or not, if you have questions, call us. We have representatives that speak in Spanish and we are going to be able to help you whether it's opening an account, how to save, how much to save. It doesn't matter where you are in your journey. First off, you're not too late, not ever. And we are here to help. Absolutely. And I'm getting a confirmation that uh, Kate is going to be sharing a little bit of information with you to be able to put onto the platform that talks about that compounding. I'm going to look for that slide and share it with her. And then hopefully we we're able to get that to you because it really is so eye opening to be like, wow, right? Like once you start and you get that going, it really does start working on your in your favor. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I know that we didn't talk about that is also important is just the the other benefit we talked about, the compounding, we talked about the free money, but also the benefits of how it helps with your taxes, right? Um, Minimizing your tax liability because your taxes are one of the biggest or or the biggest bill. (laughs) I would say just very quickly, you know, tax or planning for your tax situation is really important. But there are a lot of different ways to save for retirement. Some of them are going to help you with your taxes now. Some of them are going to help you with Mm -hmm. your taxes later on in retirement. It's all about finding what works for you and your family. So there isn't a one size fits all answer. I'm sorry, because I know that's what everybody wants me to give them. But there it doesn't exist, right? So having that conversation, thinking for yourself, hey, what are my priorities? What am I trying to accomplish? with this information uh, or with this information that I'm receiving, that's how you start building a plan that's customized to what you want to see. And so absolutely, we'll be able to share some information on that as well. Wonderful. Well, this has been fantastic, Alexandra. I'm really excited to have talked with you today, got to know you, get a little bit more of a scoop of who you are and obviously what you do and the services that you provide at Fidelity. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you again. And I hope this isn't the last time. Oh, absolutely not. 
We are definitely in a moment in time where discussing and being educated about financial stability is crucial in all areas of our lives. And I absolutely love being able to provide you with these tools and resources, bringing in guests that have incredible knowledge so you can control your finances with confidence. Speaking of tools, make sure to check out the resources from Fidelity, especially made for us our Latino community. You will find that link in today's show notes. After you check out this resource from Fidelity, let us know what is your favorite video or resource. Let us know in our private community. Ahí te espero. You can find that link of our community if you haven't joined us in today's show notes. As for next week, you are going to meet the incredible author of the new book, Mind Your Money by Janelli Espinal. And don't worry, if by the time next week rolls around, you haven't had your cafecito yet, or maybe you're low on energy, by the end of the episode, that's all going to change because this woman knows how to fire you up. So stay tuned. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. You chose this show. You are spending your precious time with us. So thank you. You can check out the show notes for this episode over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 362. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 362. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you, and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.